Hello, and welcome to the ATPE podcast, brought to you by the Association of Texas Professional Educators and covering the hottest topics on Texas educators' minds today. Hello, and welcome to the ATPE podcast. My name is David George, and I'm editor for the ATPE News Magazine. With the start of the 88th legislative session, lawmakers will be convening here in Austin to determine how our state budget is spent for the next couple of years. So today we're going to be discussing ATPE's legislative priorities. We'll look at the issues that matter most to public educators like you and what we're doing to support your interests. We're joined today by ATPE Government Relations Director Monty Exter and Senior Lobbyist Mark Wiggins. Good morning. Two of the state's preeminent lobbyists on public education policy. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Mark. Thanks. Glad and to be here. Welcome back, Monty. Thank you. Uh, we're excited to have you both. With the legislative session beginning today, walk us through what our government relations team does during session, Monty. Well, um, I'll talk about it a little bit in terms of the last cycle. So, for example, um, during the last legislative session, we tracked almost a thousand bills, um, and that's just public education bills and just bills that were of interest to ATPE of the, you know, nearly 10,000 that were filed. <clears throat> we also covered 175 plus hearings um, since the last session began uh, and anticipate that we will cover as many or more this particular session. Um, and that's in addition to um, your day-to-day -day work where you are up in the Capitol uh, talking to different lawmakers, trying to um, shape education policy for the betterment of uh, our members and their students. And I, I think the critical function that we feel here is that, you know, it's important that educators have a seat at the table in these education policy discussions. And we know that, you know, most of the time educators are in the classroom educating and so <laughs> don't have the time to come down to Austin. And that's kind of the role that we feel is we are the voice down at the Capitol because, you know, hopefully uh, all our educators are in classrooms and making a difference in kids' lives and, and not having to waste their time coming down to the Capitol and, and, and educating lawmakers. Absolutely. Talk to us about the role that vouchers will play this session. So you saw that during the election, vouchers became this huge topic um, wrapped up in um, sort of a social angst that was perhaps a little bit generated um, about uh, parental choice, parental empowerment, uh, which really was sort of backdoor speak um, for privatization and vouchers. Um, since the election has ended, uh, things have been sort of much quieter on that front. Uh, so we certainly know that there will be voucher bills filed. There have already been voucher bills filed. Filing's actually been open um, now for a little while. Uh, we anticipate that there will be conversations around vouchers and privatization. Um, at the same time, we do at this point, I think, feel pretty good, particularly about uh, the Texas House. Um, members sort of from across the political spectrum in the House have indicated that they don't really feel like vouchers are going to go anywhere. Um, that said, it is going to be really important for the education community to come together and continue to have one strong, unified voice in opposition of that particular proposal. Uh, and the reason for that is because um, not only would that proposal be, um, you know, bad for teachers, bad for districts, it's also really bad for students. It drains funding from public schools. Um, 
students who have taken vouchers in other states tend to do worse than their peers who have stayed in the public school system. Uh, and so it's just really a, a bad idea all the way around. And yet it seems to be a perennial one um, coming from folks who are anti-public ed. And I think it's important context, David, to uh, to consider that this is this idea of taking money out of the public school system in order to create some kind of tax break or to create some sort of a, an entitlement or payment for these uh, for-profit private and parochial schools. This is an idea that's been around a long time, and they've been trying to to, to pass uh, legislation like this for a long decades, really, in the legislature. And they've not been met with any success, uh, I think, in large part because Texans see that we don't want to rob our school system that's already strapped for resources to create this coupon that's going to benefit, you know, a, a handful of um, constituencies, um, you know, primarily in the really um, uh, metropolitan, wealthier parts of the state. And I think they've been frustrated, especially in recent years, and having some pretty big losses in the legislature. You know, uh, they couldn't even get a voucher out of the Senate last session, which was a pretty huge deal. But what I do think you see, as Monty said, is you know the voucher proponents have seized upon some of the frustration that came out of the past couple of years and is really trying to use that as the wedge to, to try to gain entry back into the legislature and reframe what is really a very unpopular issue. Let's look at school safety for a moment and the concerns that educators and parents share after Uvalde. How do you think the legislator will respond, Mark? You know, I think school safety, David, is a, a huge concern, especially after what happened in Uvalde. And, and it's been a big concern for a long time. And just, you know, as, as a parent, um, you know, Uvalde gutted me. And it, it, it's just, I can't imagine, um, you know, what the families there are going through. And I think every parent... Um, and even folks who aren't parents, you know, look at what happened there and just have a, a I mean, I, I think it tugs at our heartstrings. And I think we all agree that it's unacceptable. It's completely unacceptable. Um, so what do we do about it? Or rather, what does the legislature do about it? And, and that's the question here. And I think what we've already seen is a response that is very similar to the response that we saw to the mass shooting that happened in Santa Fe, Texas at a high school back in 2018. And the legislature convened some special committees, and those committees issued reports that contained recommendations that mostly included things like school hardening uh, or increasing the presence of law enforcement officers on campus uh, and, and various things like that. And there was an omnibus school safety bill that was passed that following session in 2019 that was meant to put some of that stuff into law. Now, some of those ideas have been implemented to varying degrees, and really what we've seen is the legislature take the same approach this time around. They convene committees, the committees develop reports, and we're going to have another big, I would assume, another big omnibus bill that is probably going to focus on school safety spending. And again, that school safety spending is going to go towards physical hardening. And um, you've already... We've seen some of that already happen um, in, you know, sort of outside the legislature. The governor and the LBB announced earlier uh, in or late 2022 that through budget ex execution, they were going to take about $400 million 
and put that into some grant money for school districts to implement things like uh, window films and fencing around the schools. And they put in some new requirements into uh, administrative rules that those schools have those sorts of uh, physical barriers. And I would suspect that the legislature is going to continue to concentrate on that and, and take a very similar approach. Um, what I don't think is going to happen is any movement on any sorts of gun laws as far as who can own or who can carry uh, or who can purchase uh, a firearm or any kind of firearm storage. Those things are typically dead on arrival in the Texas legislature and the folks who are in control of what moves and what doesn't in the legislature have already indicated that that's going to be the case this session. So, you know, it, it's, um, again, I think going to focus largely on funding and those physical hardening. And also I think there's going to be a, a mental health component uh, that maybe some additional funding is provided for telemedicine services that focus on mental health, uh, specifically for students who are exhibiting some sort of uh, signs that they're in a mental health emergency or something like that. But you're going to see a lot of focus on that this session. Yeah, I certainly agree. Um, there's no doubt that safety is going to be a topic of discussion. I think really the question is going to come down to um, how serious is the legislature about funding it? You know, Mark mentioned the omnibus bill from last time that created a student safety allotment, um, but that allotment only sent about $1,000 to each campus around the state. Um, by comparison, putting a security vestibule in a single campus costs somewhere between twenty dollars to $100,000. And so $1,000 doesn't necessarily do a whole lot. Um, and that's really going to be the question. Is, is this going to be more of an issue where they are trying to do PR lip service um, or where they're going to dedicate some real resources because it takes real resources um, to deliver meaningful safety to schools? In terms of staffing and compensation, what are some potential responses to the teacher shortage that you're hearing about, Mark? So I think that the good news is that legislators are paying attention to the teacher shortage, and they know that we are in a crisis right now. We, we don't have enough teachers to staff schools to the level that they need to be staffed in order to serve students at the level that those students need to be served. And that's a huge problem, and they're hearing about it, and this is what's important, is the legislators are hearing about that from their constituents from the teachers that are in their districts and also from the parents that are in their districts that are saying, hey, we're hearing from our school district that they don't have enough teachers. You know, what's going on? And that's really the way that you get the ball rolling in the legislature. Now, the question always comes down to, and then the question you asked, you know, specifically deals with compensation. Now, and that's an issue where the legislature is typically loath to invest a whole lot of money in raising salaries for anyone. Um, you know, look at the state employees who haven't had a raise in, in more than a decade. So, you know, the legislature knows that there's a problem, and I think the big challenge for us is going to be to channel that into something meaningful that is going to make a difference in terms of recruiting and retaining more teachers. And at the top, you know, at or near the top of the list is going to be compensation. Now, the good news is, even though the legislature is typically hesitant to talk about that kind of thing, uh, the comptroller just announced yesterday that this legislative session, they're going to have $32.7 billion surplus starting out. So before they even set their budget, you know, they have this surplus. So the argument that we don't have enough money to do it, it's going to be a lot harder to make this session. We have the resources to do pretty much whatever we want. I mean, with some exceptions, and there are some constitutional spending caps that will 
prevent us from spending all of that money. And, and it's a, you know, we shouldn't. Uh, it wouldn't be smart to do that. But uh, we have the resources to get that done. I think uh, it's it's really important what we've been sharing with lawmakers is the results of our ATPE survey that we conducted and that our members that, that you all responded to that gave an indication of what are the sorts of factors that are driving educators out of the profession. And the list you know, included compensation and it included things like classroom management uh, issues that have come up you know, really specifically since the pandemic and also things just like respect. Um, and, and the additional burdens that have been put upon teachers in terms of you know, what we're asking you to do in addition to the core function of teaching. And dealing with some of those extra requirements, I think, is probably uh, the most – has the most potential as a starting point for talks with legislators because I think they've really recognized that a lot of the things that have been done in good faith – you know, we, we're really trying to solve a problem with some of these requirements – have had the unintended consequences of burning people out. And I think we're going to have some good conversations this session about dealing with that and trying to find a way to to reduce that burden, that that administrative burden in a lot of cases. Um, we've, we're also going to have a, a lot of conversations, and some conversations have already been started about giving some teachers some more tools in terms of classroom management. But at the end of the day, we're going to have to talk about compensation, and we're going to have to do it in a meaningful way. And it's going to it, it, we can't just be sort of nibbling around the edges of the issue. We've got to make uh, a meaningful change here. And if we don't, the alternative is, um, you know, I, I, Texas is going to have to get ready to homeschool because it's either that or, uh, you know, we're going to find a, a real way to stem the flow of teachers out of the profession. So I think there are some challenges and there are some opportunities this session. Yeah, certainly, you know, in that vein, before session even got started, um, I think it was probably about a month ago at this point, um, ATPE already sent in um, a letter to all legislators, and the top priority on that particular letter with regard to compensation was actually a specific request for an across-the-board pay raise of $10,000 um, over the course of the next two years. Um, you know, we didn't specify whether that was all up front or five each year, um, but we costed it out. The money is there in the budget, as Mark has mentioned. Um, and we have already made that specific request. Um, you know, I think that that'll be a conversation that gets had this session and, and we'll see kind of how that goes. Um, certainly some compensation increase will almost certainly happen because I think there's a high likelihood that they will raise the basic allotment. Um, post HB3, there is language in the law that anytime the legislature raises the basic allotment, it triggers an automatic um, increase in compensation out of those dollars. But that is a much smaller increase than what is probably necessary, um, which is why we've asked for um, above and beyond that. Um, I also agree that, you know, we've already seen a, a decent amount of legislation filed with regard to um, trying to give educators back, um, as Mark put it, more tools or maybe empowering them um, with regard to their classrooms and their students um, and, and really give them a little bit more sense of ownership within their classrooms again. I do think that we're also going to see a push uh, in terms of trying to reduce mandates um, and streamline their jobs. You know, I think I've heard several legislators say, you know, let's let teachers get back to teaching mm -hmm. um, instead of asking them to do all of these other things. Naturally, educators are concerned about their retirement benefits, and we've discussed this on a previous podcast, Monty. Uh, how is ATPE approaching that issue? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those are the two big compensation issues, right? You've got active teacher compensation and then you've got um, retirement where uh, our retired educators haven't received a true cost of living adjustment in literally two decades. Um, so I uh, feel very um, confident is maybe like an overconfident word, but I feel good about the fact that uh, legislators, again, across the spectrum, nobody's really talking about whether they're going to do for something for retired teachers. Everybody is talking about what exactly that's going to be. You know, whether it's going to be a COLA and if so, how much, or um, perhaps instead of a single 13th check, they're going to fund 13th checks in each year of the biennium, which is not something that they've done in the past. Um, so I feel pretty good that something is going to get done for our retirees. Um, and it'll just be, you know, up to folks like ourselves and our friends over at the, you know, TRTA um, to really help the legislature work through those issues in determining what's going to be the best, both in the short and long term, to be able to help our retired educators. Yep. How can educators help make sure that lawmakers listen? Well, the first thing that uh, educators can do is to uh, join us at uh, ATPE at the Capitol. That's going to be on uh, February 20th and the 21st. Did I get the dates correct? You did? <laughs> yeah. Please uh, join us for ATP at the Capitol. It, it's going to be a blast, and it is really every year. I mean, every every other year uh, since we only have legislative sessions every two years. But you know, this is the best opportunity that educators have really to come down on mass and present a big show of force to the legislature and to your your legislators. Uh, and, and talk about the things that are really important to teachers, because one thing that we know that has the greatest impact on, uh, on an individual legislator is hearing from his constituents, and specifically hearing from his constituents who are educators and who are directly impacted by the stuff that we're talking about. And when you walk into an office as part of your group at ATPE at the Capitol and, you know, you have a, a handful or a dozen or so teachers sit down and, and talk to a, a legislator, it, it makes an impact. And they remember it. And that's the important thing is they remember it. And they have faces to connect to the policies that they're about to vote on. Um, and so that is a very important thing that you can do. And it's also just a great time. So please come down and join us for that. But there are plenty of other things that you can do, even if you can't make it down for ATBE at the Capitol. And one of the easiest things that you can do is go to our website uh, at atpe.org uh, and go to the Advocacy Central page. And we have made it very easy for you to, number one, see what are the items of critical interest that are happening right now that are affecting your profession. Um, and you can see right away uh, if there's a voucher vote coming up or if we're about to have a vote coming up on teacher pay or compensation or retirement, we'll have that up on Advocacy Central. It'll be right there at the top of the page. And we give you the tools to make it easy for you to do something about it. And what that means is you, know, you can write a letter to your legislator or make a phone call uh, or send out a tweet, things that are contacts from a constituent to your elected official. And most of those things are kind of pre-filled out for you, so you really don't have to do much beyond just sign your name and click send. We try to make it as easy as possible. You can also send customized messages too, and we really urge you to do that, but you know, we also recognize that time is very limited. And if you don't have the time to, to do that, you can just send what's already there and make it as easy. Because what we know happens is 
every one of those contacts that goes into an office gets logged by a staffer in the office and that information gets relayed to the member. And if a staffer at the end of the day comes to their to their member, the state representative or their state senator and say, hey, we got 40 emails today on this teacher compensation issue saying we, we need to do a better job of compensating our teachers. Or we got 40 emails today saying that uh, we need to give our teachers, a, uh, retired teachers, a COLA. Then that member is going to go, wow, that's that's a lot because uh, it really doesn't that number that generates interest is not is really not high. The threshold is not super high to gain the attention of your elected officials office. So I, I know it seems sometimes like, you know, this is just going into a void and we don't hear anything back from the member uh, to let us know that they got it. But it is it is going and it is making an impact whether or not you get that feedback and, and whether or not you see it. And we know because we go into the offices after we have a big Advocacy Central campaign, and one of the first things that the member will tell us is, hey, I got a bunch of phone calls from your teachers on this issue. And that's great. And that starts us out in the strong side of the conversation. So doing things like that is a, is a huge help. Any kind of contact that you can make with your elected official, that is going to help us out. And also just staying on top of what's happening by going to teachthevote.org and, and following along with what we're working on and talking to your peers about it you know, at work, um, your friends at home, and, and letting folks know how things that the legislature is uh, considering affect you personally. That kind of spreads, spreads it out and really helps generate uh, more attention and more calls. And, and, and really, at the end of the day, we want you to kind of be a, a, a hub that is getting everyone else interested as well because it all adds up and it all goes to help us have a little bit more leverage when we go into these offices and we make a, a big ask like it's time for a cola. Is there anything else you'd like to share on this subject, Monty? You know, I, I just want to encourage our, you know, our viewers, our members to really, you know, think about um, the fact that you are on a day-to-day -day basis creating the future of Texas. If the Texas legislature is here to try to um, improve our state, to help regulate our state, to help fund the critical parts of our state, that is you. Um, be empowered by that. Know that we are up here um, working for you, advocating for you, um, but also be empowered to help advocate for yourself with that knowledge that you are creating the future of Texas and the Texas legislature should, and many of them do, already care about you and your profession and your students. Um, so take that knowledge and run with it. Yeah, and I would just add that whenever the legislature is in session is a time that we need to be vigilant because everything in your job uh, comes back to the legislature in one way or another. They have so much control over so many aspects of the public education system, which includes educators. And so we have to pay close attention. Now, fortunately, that's our job to do that for you. But the more you also pay attention to, to what we're doing through Teach the Vote and the various resources and tools that we have out there, uh, the more opportunities there are to just uh, bolster the messaging and to strengthen our seat at the table. Because in a lot of cases, um, you know, it's just the, the, uh, the unfortunate truth. Um, a lawmaker will listen to the last person they spoke with on a subject. And so 
the more contacts that they get and the more active our uh, teachers and our members are in contacting these offices, the more likely it is that our voice will be the last voice that they hear from. Our voice certainly needs to be the loudest and the most powerful and the most convincing. Um, you know, the, the convincing is going to be Monty and I's job, but if we are able to rally the troops together and really speak strongly and with one loud voice, and that is going to give us a really big advantage going into what is a very critical time uh, that is going to, in a lot of ways, define uh, a lot of aspects of the teaching profession going forward. And, um, you know, not just for the next year or so, but, you know, oftentimes we deal with policy that is going to affect the profession 10 years out. So stay vigilant, I would say. Um, as much as you can, try to follow us, and, and, and as much as we can, uh, we're, we're updating you and keeping you up to speed with what we're doing. But this is going to be a tough challenge. We're going to be able to get through it together. I think there are some big opportunities for us this session, and we're going to be working our bottoms off to try to make it good for you. Mark and Monty, thank you for so eloquently explaining all this to us today. And as usual, if you have any questions or feedback, you can send those to com at atpe.org. That's C-O-M-M at atpe.org. And we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast as well as leave us a review. Thanks again for being here, and we'll see you next time on the ATPE Podcast. Thanks for listening to the ATPE Podcast. For more information about becoming part of Texas's largest community of educators, please visit atpe.org.